coming straight from the cockpit. It's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. And I know I always say that they're special, but this one is really special because I get the opportunity to talk to someone that I haven't been face-to-face with in a long time and that I have ridiculous history with in this sport. So I really want to do the catch-up and hear all these stories. So tell me, who the fuck are you and what do you do? Well, my name is Mary Tortomasi. Oh, Oh. And let's see. I do whatever the fuck I want. Generally. <laughs> hmm. So you and I have known each other for a little while. I met you when you were a full-time instructor at Flyaway in Las Vegas. Yep. How did that start? I mean, like, how did you get started in the whole extreme sports things? Because, I mean, you did a little bit of everything. You were a masseuse. You did nails. You did all this different shit. Yeah. Um, how did the, the whole extreme lifestyle come into play? I got my car, drove down to Flyaway, walked in the door and said, I want to work here. And, uh, of course, since I'm a woman, they were like, well, you'd, you'd be a pretty cute front desk person. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll do it. You know, whatever it takes. And then they said, hey, we're going to let the whole staff try it. You've right. seen this place. It was brand spanking new. Beautiful Oof. blue blue skies. They had it even painted illustrations of, mm. the, of the clouds and everything in the building. And, uh, and it was really loud and really amazing. And uh, I jumped in, and no kidding, I got stable. I was literally one of those people right. who just had a stable body. Sure. They didn't have to really try. And then I got to do a front flip. And I got to, I just started doing all kinds of crazy shit. Right. And they were like, you know what? We could probably use a girl instructor. <laughs> like, that really happened. Sure. So I guess I'm considered the OG. Really, well... You know, somebody said that the other day, and I said, OD, or, o, you know, what does OG even mean? Somebody just said that to me the other day. You're yeah. original OG, Mary. You're original gangster. <laughs> Hell yeah. I well, know. I'm like, holy shit, I think I'm the first female tunnel instructor, and now that means something, because sure. there's tunnel all over the world. Well, so. now, we're talking, what, circa 1986, yeah? yeah? It was 80s, yeah. This was the first um, time it, it opened, and the funny thing yeah, is- Yeah, I was still living with my parents. Uh, yeah, there you job. go. Yeah. Well, and, and I've been I, a lifeguard on the strip. I yeah. had told the story about what attracted me to Fly Away, which was, I was watching, it was either Real People or That's Incredible. You remember those shows? Yes, I um, do. Yeah, so it was either Real People or That's Incredible did a show in the tunnel in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And the one of the, the few things that my dad and I used to always do together was watch that show because mom didn't like it. Uh, so uh, whichever one of the two shows it was, it would come on and dad and I would go watch it in the TV in the bedroom. And we're watching that show and it was the, a, pre- a preview of the wind tunnel. And I remembered seeing that as a kid and being fucking blown away, going, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And cut to all the years later when I moved to Las Vegas in, what, 95, I think. And that was when the grand reopening that's for right. the tunnel was. That's right. And uh, um, I, I saw a fucking flyer got stuck on my car. And I pulled it out, and I was going to do the same thing with every other flyer I do, which is fuck whoever put this shit on my car and throw it away. Mm-hmm. But I took a look at the flyer, and I went, Oh my God! And that, that memory snapped back, and the next thing you know, I'm at Flyaway, um, and uh, yeah, the rest is fucking history. Yeah, crazy. Well, I um, I actually have this video still. Of course, it was VHS tape, <laughs> but um, and and the title is World News Tonight. Mm. 
So I was on World News Tonight with Hugh Rudd. Wow. And uh, what they said was, um, well, they put me in the class with a group, and um, I had to pretend to be one of the newbies. One of the newbies. students? Yeah. But if you heard this and seen this, I literally look like I'm 10. Right. I'm not exaggerating. Sure. My mouth, my voice, everything. I'm like <laughs> like this deer in the headlights. And uh, anyway, yeah. So that, yeah. Yep. That well, was, and you, you and I... Uh, I, and I've told the story before on the podcast that I just got hooked. Uh, Robert Ogle was the first guy to take me in, and he probably fed me the same bullshit line he told everybody. Oh, you're a natural. Because I ran across the street to the ATM in the jumpsuit. I wouldn't even take the jumpsuit off. I'm like, fuck you. I'm leaving it on. I'm coming right back. And ran across the street to the ATM to get more money to fly again, and he fed me the, you should try a skydive, um, which took quite a while before yeah. I actually went and made a jump. But and I'm sure once you, were, you figured out, you could get it for free. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> and I, I'm sure you remember I hounded the tunnel for ages oh, before I got hired. I can see you. Oh yeah. There's that guy. There's that good-looking stripper, <laughs> and his girlfriend. <laughs> yep. You were you're, you're. I actually told you this before the podcast. You are one of the few people I'm still in contact with that remembers me when I was a stripper. Oh, well, I remember it. How can I forget it? Well. <laughs> And then my own boyfriend decides that he's going to try to stir up. And that was the most embarrassing. I'm still embarrassed for him. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I'm not going to. How could you not forget? I want to say his name so bad, but I'm not going to. Okay. Because he's a high-profile skydiver. Yeah, I was a high-profile. I'm not going to say it. He was cute, and there was nothing wrong with him trying. And I thought I'd go there and support him. He may listen to this, and so it's pretty fucking funny because we're not going to say your name. But, oh, yeah. He, oh, my God. He just had to try it. When I got him up on the stage, and he, he just, yeah, he wasn't designed for that no. that career. No. No, no, no. No. Yeah, yeah. So at any rate, you and I ended up working on the tunnel for a long time. How did we become a team? How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you. Um, here's my thoughts on it. The crazy part is that we had way more confidence than we should have. <laughs> yeah. And that came from, I think, just doing it. Mm. You know, so... We get our license, you know, I I think maybe, really, truly, we got our license pretty close to the same time. Yeah. And uh, and then Damien Hurtica comes in with his skyboard, and he decides to fly it in the tunnel. Mm. And I had never even heard of skysurfing, and he he broke it pretty quickly. You know, he just landed it half on the pad, half in the on the net. And long story short, we taped it back. <laughs> He walked out, he threw it, left it there. We taped it together and got on it. At least I got on it. And because uh, I, I was willing to fly anything. I think, sure. I think we flew, um, what are those, you know, the where you lay on them in your boogie boards? Yeah. Oh, we, we flew, flew everything in that fucking board. tunnel. We flew, yeah. That's the thing is people that fly modern tunnels uh, don't realize how much they missed out on for the old days. Yeah. We got away with fucking everything in that tunnel. We yeah. did so much shit that you could never do in these tunnels yeah. now. Flying boards, it wasn't powerful enough to fly head down, so um, one of our mutual friends and your ex built the, the harness system to be able to fly head down. Yeah. We'd have the tunnel wars where somebody'd end up bloody yeah. every fucking time. I mean, What was it, king of the air? King of the tunnel. Yeah. yeah that's. What, I mean, I ended up bloody a couple of times. You remember when I broke my nose because I was trying to show off without a helmet on? Well, and you know, yeah. I mean... You showed up with a helmet, a camera helmet. <laughs> yes, I So did. that's how it really got started. I was like, so I'm flying the board. You decided to start making money in the sport, skydiving, and built a helmet. And, of course, you had to try it in the tunnel first. Yep. And then we're like, well, shit, we should just team up and compete. There's competitions in skydiving, <laughs> apparently. 
I mean, it was like, what do we have? Ten training jumps, real training jumps, and we didn't, we competed in nationals, which is well. No, I think we had maybe, yeah, maybe ten more. or twenty uh, uh, training jumps when we went and did the Paris Valley Challenge. Cup. Oh, that was what it was. That so was the first the comp. Paris Valley Challenge Cup, and we took the silver medal. Right. Uh, in the Challenge Cup, and I don't think either of us had any idea what we were getting into. But yeah. we were training in the wind tunnel. Well, the funny thing is, is we just kind of copied <laughs> some of the real. Yeah, competitors, their their routine, and we modified it just a bit. Hey, I could do. I think I could do that. Oh yeah, yeah, like docking and and uh, you know inverted. You know, you were gonna like what what do we call what they over yeah over under overs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. We did all that. Yeah, just look back, and (laughs) you'll go into the helicopter, and (laughs) yeah. Okay. Well, that was the way to do it, though. Yeah. Well, and then yeah, it almost seemed like uh, before you knew it, we were at the nationals, and I think we probably had. Less than a hundred jumps together. Um, oh yeah, we definitely maybe did. M- probably actually closer to fifty jumps together uh, with you on the board. Yeah, um, we only had one routine. Yeah, that was it. We had one routine, and I, I've told this story a number of times because we end up going and we're sitting at Elsinore for the '98 Nationals, and they're reading the list of competitors, and it was they got to sky surfing, and they and in the intermediate category for sky surfing we have a team flyaway with Meritor Tomasi and Dean Ricky, and in silence, and we're like fuck we're the only team competing, and then it was and in open sky surfing we have a fire starter out of Paris Valley with Craig O'Brien and Tanya um, Garcia, yeah, and silence. And everybody's kind of looking around, and the guy asked, he's all, um, no, you held up your hand. And you're like, hey, uh, um, would it be possible for us to change and compete open? And the crowd went fucking nuts. Everybody starts screaming and clapping and yelling and everything. So we were supposed to be an intermediate team. But there were only fucking two teams that showed up for open and intermediate. So we ended up competing in the open against arguably the world's greatest Sky surf team, yep. Craig and Tanya. Mm-hmm. One of my best memories of any time we ever sky surfed was being on the plane with them and Craig giving me camera tips and Tanya giving you sky surfing tips on the way up <laughs> during competition. It was fucking epic. Okay, now my recall is a little bit different, I have to tell you. All right, please do because I've done a lot of drugs in my life. Right? I'm like, <laughs> there were more than two teams. We're, oh, in, no. Yeah. In there's. The, there's three teams actually, and and they wouldn't let it happen if it was just two. So we legitimately right. we worked for that second place finish. And the other thing is, um, I don't remember Tanya giving me any. <laughs> and the reason why is because I remember kind of going over and looking at trying to sneak looks at what she was doing, you know, on that <laughs> when they were watching their their uh, training jumps. Um, and it wasn't her. I cannot. I, Actually, I want to say it was Olaf, or not Olaf, uh, um, Oliver. I think it was Oliver. I'm pretty sure it was Oliver that I said we were talking about hel- uh, helicopters. Huh. And and uh, they basically said this: you have to spin it faster mm. to get it straight. Yeah, yeah. The because otherwise, they kind of like you know wobble with a little bit of wobble. But to get it to be straight, vertical or inverted. And beautiful, you had to spin it faster. Right. So I purposely was whipping my arms and trying to get it as fast as I could. And Tanya took note. And I, now this might be in the Challenge Cup. We had like quite a few. Challenge Cup. We had a number of competitors. There was a lot. There was of like six at, or seven teams, and we yeah. took second place. Yeah. Yeah. That one was legit, man. Those people. Metal's hanging Adrian, right there. Yeah. Either. Yeah. 
But anyway, going on. Now, actually, you can ho- hopefully either confirm or or tell me the correct story. Um, same competition. Um, we actually had like the rock star uh, load, and we were the same people all the time. It was Arizona Airspeed all the way up by the cockpit, mm-hmm. doing eight way. I think uh-huh. um, it was uh, uh, Omar uh, and his cameraman. He was doing freestyle. freestyle yeah. Then it was Craig and Tanya and you and me. Yeah. And I believe it was probably the second or third load, and we're about halfway up, and airspeed's in the in the back of the plane doing their you know dirt dive, eyes right. closed, white gloves flashing around all over the place, and I vividly remember Tanya yelling, "Hey, airspeed, this you'd hate to fuck this up," something along those lines, during one of the loads, and I've oh. told this story literally a hundred times, if huh. not more. I vividly oh, remember. Oh, because she's that. like giving him shit. Yeah, she's right? giving him shit. Hey, yeah. Arizona, Airspeed, yeah. you hate to fuck it up. Because they're in <laughs> in the middle of that super intense fucking right. dirt dive that they do in <laughs> like the plane. Like you'd never say that now. Exactly. And I remember thinking that was just the funniest thing that I'd ever seen. It was. Seen. Yeah. 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 And that was also when we got my favorite uh, picture of any of the times that we'd been jumping, and that was the sunset picture yeah. over the famous Elsinore Hole. Right. You know, and, and but because of where I was sitting on that picture, all you see is you on the board in this sea of clouds and this ridiculous sunset. What you don't see in the picture is that there's a massive hole over Lake Elsinore right below us. When you look at that picture, those clouds, forget about clouds, that is thick yeah there's yeah it's no joke it doesn't even make sense yeah that picture turned out to be pretty awesome yeah and that me trying to sit back on that board was i remember that was like like the toughest thing for me to actually figure it out you know we were we were yeah i think you were right though we were just too stupid to know we shouldn't be doing what we were doing and we we actually did pretty fucking well we did we did do well and we were getting better yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Well I, well, I think part of, and I don't know about you, but part of what took the, the, the joy out of that was, um, that was also right around the time that Vic Papadotto passed away. Right. Um, so when Vic died, uh, I ended up actually, the only reason that I ever got hired to shoot video at Skydive Las Vegas was because there was an open camera slot because Vic passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. I, that's mm. why I ended up getting that job. And knowing that at the time, uh, the X Games champion cameraman mm-hmm. had just died, mm-hmm. um, kind of took the joy out of it. Yep. You know, it just took the the shine off the penny for me in regard to sky surfing because Vic was a friend. He was a super close friend to Sammy Popovs, who um, you and I both knew very, very yep. well and worked with and jumped with regularly. And um, it had a huge effect on the, the Vegas community. Completely. It was a that fucked was up a, time, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was a life-changing everything well for me uh, i have to step back um meeting rob harris and having him as my inspiration i don't know if you know this but you know how we it wasn't like you know you knew what your class who your classes were Mm. it was like a rotation and i ended up with the world champion sky server right in my class and uh, rob's like you know you got the world champion sky surfer in your class today i'm like what world champion sky server yeah and I had literally just flown that board in the tunnel. And I was like, what's sky surfing? You know, okay, it's cool. And I and I go to him all cocky. Hey, I just wrote that you want to fly your board in the tunnel? You want to fly your board in our tunnel? And he's like, he's shaking his head at me like I'm, I have two heads, you know. And he's like, no, not really. Right. And uh, anyway, all that to say, I'm like, well, hey, you know, I want to be the future female sky surf champion. All right. He started laughing. He goes, well, come to Arizona. You know, I think he just moved to Arizona. Come to Arizona and I'll work with you. And then he right. dies. And then he freaking dies two months later. 
like yeah. talk about that was my first loss Reality in the check. sport. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that was fucked up, too. For anybody that doesn't know the story or doesn't remember the name Rob Harris, he was arguably the greatest sky surfer, definitely, of, of his age in that The sport. humble champion, too. And he was just, uh, if you pull up any of the videos that are still circulating out there, the guy was just a, a joy to watch on the board. Uh, and he got Phenom. hired to do a, a Mountain Dew commercial. Uh, and went and did this Mountain Dew commercial, and uh, um, they had a whole bunch of issues. Anybody in skydiving knows that shit seems to come in in uh, uh, multiples. So you'll have not just one thing goes wrong, but multiple things go wrong. And I think on that jump, um, he had clouds roll in. They were jumping lower than they were expected, and and uh, um, all kinds of just different small things were going wrong. Well, it was an intentional cutaway. Yeah, it rigged up. Yeah, because yeah. it was it was a Mountain Dew commercial. Or, or I'm sorry, a malfunction. It was intentional. Malfunction. Right, and it was right. mirroring a James Bond movie. Yeah? Right, yeah, um, not even on the board. Yeah, and it was it was Rob and, and Joe Jennings shooting the video, yeah. and I think Joe has been interviewed since saying that he had seen Rob deal with much worse situations. Yeah, um, but they had changed the exit altitude uh-huh. and all these things, and unfortunately, that jump ended up taking his life. And I remember the ceiling, yeah, down lower, down lower. Yeah, and, and I remember um, I had seen. The commercial, the Mountain Dew commercial, because they had made, uh, they had used what they had gotten and made mm-hmm. the commercial. Because yeah. Mountain they Dew got, didn't give a fuck. So they got the shot. Yeah. But he wanted, they wanted to do it one more time. Yeah. And in the meantime, the ceiling came down, and and uh, he cut, uh, cut away out of sequence oh. is what happened. Oh. And, and landed on the line stretch. See, I'll tell you what, that's the thing with our sport too, right? It doesn't matter how fucking high-end you are, man, the basic shit can get you sometimes. Yeah, exactly. People that don't think that drilling emergency procedures and stuff on a regular basis is important, you're fucking wrong because Rob Harris was as pro as you get. Yep. You know, I mean, look at how many high-end pros we've lost doing the shit that they've been doing for a long yeah. time. Well, there's usually a sequence of events, isn't there? Well... What do you think? I mean, sky surfing almost seemed cursed. Yeah, because then, cause, yeah, we lost what was Patrick. Hunter, Patrick. Uh, well, and Patrick's was bizarre as well. I mean, he stitched his fucking mane into the container. Yeah. yeah. And this is, we're talking about one of the, the most pioneering guys in the sport. He invented not just sky surfing, wingsuiting. Yeah. He was the pioneer for wingsuit, no yeah. doubt about it. And for him, an to, amazing talent, yeah. amazing. And for yeah. for him to pass away doing that, and then um, who was Adrian? His uh, his um, right hand man ends up dying doing something the same way. Well, Fuck to me. me, out of all the people in sky surfing, you know, related in some way, the topper for me was when Jerry Loftus, who mm. was the manufacturer of um, surf flight right. boards, yeah. And he goes in on his board, mm. and he hit the ground on a line stretch. But uh, anyway, all that to say, I guess the the deal is is that he took the time to chop the board, which was an you know <laughs> something you're supposed to do. It, it basically, you, you after that, I was like, I'll never chop that board. I'm gonna just try to deal with my malfunction. Yeah, yeah. But taking the time to chop the board first, then your main, then deploy right. his reserve. He he ran out of time. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that there. Uh, every once in a while, I hear that there's like a resurgence for the, oh for I, sky surfing. I, I can tell you all about that. You know, it, <laughs> and I don't know about you, oh. but um, for me, I look back and I see the level that guys like Sean McCormick got to, yeah. and the moves that they were doing. And yeah. I think you and I talked about this before when he came up with the Invisible Man move. Mm-hmm. Sky surfing was no longer feasible as a competition in my eyes because. 
you got to be fucking mental to duct tape your arms together so that you can pull this move. Who's going to do that? You know? Duct tape his arms. I don't know about that one. Yeah, so okay. he, was, he was doing the invisible man move. So he did that spin standing up that was so fast he blurred. Uh-huh. Um, but the first time he did it, of course, the only way to stop the spin is to extend right. your arms out. And right. he blew out all the blood vessels in his hands and could barely pull. Mm. So his solution to that was like his um, you know, Walmart version of a compression suit like the fighter jocks use. And he duct taped his arms so that when he put his arms out, all the blood wouldn't pool in his hands. Hmm. That's a little too hard. Yeah, I remember the blood cells... There are the blood vessels in his eyes. That was the, yeah, yeah, apparently. But anyway, all that to say, yeah, he's still, he's actually one of the people been flying the board lately and doing some, I don't know if you've seen it. But I he's, haven't. Oh, he did this cool jump where he uh, he decided that he was going to jump in conditions most skydivers don't jump in, which was a thunderstorm on a board. Yeah. <laughs> That one with, with lightning in the whole bit in the back. Pretty crazy. And then Kibi's the one who's flying his board on a regular basis in Eloy. He's flying it. And uh, Sammy and I, we've all been approached by some people who are, like, when you say resurgent, it's yeah. last year I must have had five people contact me about getting coaching, and I was going to actually do it in the tunnel, write about it. Well, Kibi ended up beating me to it, writing a story, wow. which is good. I'm really glad he did. Yeah. Um, but I do think that with really not much effort we could bring it back i'm just not sure it should come back yeah and not because it was amazing i mean fortunately for me i didn't really you know i didn't really experience anything sketchy no you and i had a really smooth run of it compared to what i've heard you yeah. know from, but but nobody had ever gone in on board except for jerry and yeah. jerry you know <clears throat> anyway yeah, looking at the, that picture is pretty cool. It's like, I know that moment. Oh, yeah. And that oh, was too. Nationals, definitely. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that vividly. I remember clicking the shutter on that shot thinking, I fucking got it. Because <laughs> uh, we went and we did the one jump where we had somebody shoot outside video for us. And we got a right. couple of cool pictures of that stuff. And then we went and did this <clears> jump <throat> after the competition's over. Uh, and uh, that, oh, I remember vividly clicking that picture going, yeah. I don't care how bad the spot is. I can't believe I just got that shot. <laughs> and this, for anybody that's listening, we're talking back when it was 35 millimeter film. There was no digital to confirm that you had it. I had to wait until that fucking roll of film came from the lab to make sure that I had gotten the shot. Mm-hmm. You know, this was this was a long, you had to tape your cameras to keep getting from getting tape flutter and shit. This was this was back in the day. Well, I'll tell you what. There's still a few moves I really, really wanted to. Do, I yeah. still want to get, and I wasn't really ready to stop. But um, I think that, you know, a lot had happened to people that were somehow related in one way or another. Like you said, Vic Papadato, amazing, yeah. amazing talent, and uh, and a sweetheart. And even Trey Hartman quit quit uh, really flying the board. Yeah. And it just kind of stopped. And but there are people that like constantly say. That was the coolest discipline in the sport of skydiving. It was really, really cool. And it was very, very unique in it. And it was also the first step into uh, mainstream media with the X Games and stuff. Oh, man. I mean, and come no, on. no kidding. And we're like, there's finally an avenue to bring to make money for oh, yeah. skydivers. Yeah. You know, of course, nowadays it's, it's, it's swooping the, yeah. is the big thing. Swooping's going to get there. Uh, of that, I have no doubt. And swooping. Um, Unlike sky surfing, scoop, swooping is very spectator friendly because it happens where people can watch. Right. Whereas, you know, with sky surfing, they had to have the damn huge ground to air things and people were going to watch a competition, but you still got to watch TV to right. see it happen. Right. You know, so it was very much a skydiver inclusive kind of sport. Yeah. I, <clears throat> the one that shocked me is 
is uh, wing seating. Mm. You know, I mean, we were right there watching it being coming. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I thought to myself, ah, this won't do mm. any better than, than Sky. It was I way wrong. Oh, right. And now they're jumping mattresses. <laughs> right? That's what it looks like. <laughs> well, you know, I have a bird man, too. Do you? I was one of the first wing seaters. In fact, here's a story for you. Love this story. Annie Helliwell, myself, Raider Ramstead, and Tom Falzone. And uh, Tom Falzone said, I think I got a sponsor, and I want to do a wingsuit team. <laughs> team. Team. This is before Red Bull. Right. And we're at over to Elsinore, and uh, uh, once again, here I am with like a few jumps, and now I'm going to go from <laughs> a few jumps and a <laughs> wingsuit to a team. Right. That does demonstrations. Mm. Wingsuit demonstration team. Right. That's what the Red Bull's doing now. You know? Oh, yeah. And uh, and I thought I, it's amazing how he had that foresight. Um, but anyway, all that to say, yeah. The Birdman, too. Yeah. How, how many wingsuit jumps do you have, Dina? None. What? I've never jumped on. I come on. You're I've a pilot. Jumped. Yeah, but so. You the, are the plane. The thing with me is. <laughs> when you're uh, in the wingsuit. I, about the time I probably would have started jumping the wingsuit was also when I started flying and yeah. started flying jumpers. And this was also when. Um, not just the the knowledge of, of flying wingsuits, but the etiquette involved in doing it so that it doesn't disrupt operations wasn't yeah. there yet. Uh -huh. uh, so for the first couple of years that I was flying wingsuiters, I fucking hated anybody I, I saw with a wingsuit. I'll never forget w witnessing a wingsuiter go out of one of the twin otters at Paris and hit the stabilizer. Oh yeah, and uh, and proceeded to fly away from the drop zone. And we weren't quite sure if it was because he got kind of dinged in the head or what, but or he just was too embarrassed to come back and find out what he had done to that airplane. Um, but yeah, no, I completely understand that. Oh that's yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. it was uh, it was one of those things. And then when that the the experience and the skill and the etiquette came into it, I was just so busy with flying. Yeah. Um, you know, and and now I, I I've I've said it before on the podcast. I'm a, a reborn fun jumper. Yeah. Because well, you would know better than anybody. I started jumping and went straight to work. Yeah. You know, so I That's was right. I was shooting videos for a couple thousand jumps. Um, you and I did however many jumps we did uh, doing the sky surf thing, and it was either video shooting you, video right. shooting tandems, or throwing drogues. Yeah. Um, for thousands and thousands of jumps. Yeah. Um, so I never was a fun jumper, you know, I or know. for a very very short period of I time. I know. You know, and yeah. and uh, um, it wasn't until a couple of years back that uh, I had taken a four year break. You yeah. Know? I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't think this is i'm just gonna fly planes from now on i will tell you this you really need to try one of these days I will. just one and here's the here's the thing i had 10 minutes of instruction at the free fall convention <laughs> <laughs> i love that the the first one I, I wish i could remember this guy's name and because he was an amazing guy a lot of people knew him um <clears throat> and he's like oh yeah put it on it fit me couldn't believe it i've i've got that picture and he goes, okay, here's how you do it. Bring both hands in. That makes sense, right? right. You're not counterbalancing. Sure. Both hands. If you have to counterbalance, you got to bring both hands back to that putt on both sides, and then you pull. Yeah. You get small for a second, then open. You know, and, uh, and then you got to release your zippers, and and it's about that was about it. Right. Second one, he goes, check this out. We jumped out of the tailgate of the sky van, and he goes, all you have to do is go forward, right? Right. Guess what happens when you when you go forward? Perfect gainer without <laughs> yeah. any effort. Right. Perfect gainer. It's the coolest feeling ever. Awesome. And it took it, you know. And then of course you just drop a little wing and you're 
You know, you're flying. It's it's flying. Sure. That's what sure. you're a pilot. You would be like, Holy oh, I'm shit, sure. I'd love I it. am the airplane. I'm sure yeah. I'd love it. Well, and I've had pilot yeah. friends that have done wingsuit jumps, uh, um, and absolutely, and what do they say? They loved it. Is that what they say? Okay. And I have no doubt that I would love it, but part of me just hasn't gotten around to it, and the other part of me really doesn't really want to find something that I'm going to enjoy that much. Well, and the other thing, I'm I actually don't want to encourage you because I don't like that they are like mattresses now, and they're like ribbed and stiff wings well, so I mean, high performance now this is what i'm saying and i just think that um you know it's like it just taking it to a whole nother Whoa, level modern wingsuits can climb they fly up i watch these guys as a matter of fact the the wow. podcast that i just released is with uh, um uh, guys that go by the name of nick and matt the nick and matt show okay and they're absolutely phenomenal uh, wingsuit pilots, they'll flare these wingsuits and they're going up five, six hundred feet. I believe it. Fuck me. Are you kidding me? Well, They've got okay. enough power in those suits to go back up. Yeah. The other thing that blew my mind is, hello, now you have to have a certain parachute to wear with sure. a wingsuit. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, when is it going to stop? Well, yeah. and the wingsuits now are the price of fucking canopies. This one, you yeah, know, all, of it. So all of it. All of it. I kind of, uh, I've almost shied away from it just because I know all I'm, that. I, I'd absolutely love it. And yeah, it would, you have an addictive personality. I can course. see you going yeah. off it would completely. Cost, it would cost me a fucking fortune, and then I, I just don't have the time to dedicate to getting all good right. at it. So now I'm just going to suck at it and do dangerous shit. You're off the hook. <laughs> I've done... I've done enough dangerous shit, so you know it's it's uh, it's an appealing idea. Mm-hmm. But we'll leave it to an idea. Okay. So now you, uh, we'll backtrack quite a bit. You and I started working in the tunnel together. We formed the team. I started jumping. You started jumping. Obviously, we did all that stuff. Team flyaway. Yeah, team flyaway for um, for a while anyway. I mean, uh. we did a few competitions, uh, and then. Uh, uh, I continued on working and eventually moved out of Vegas, um, where it all started, but you ended up going down to Paris. Yeah. Um, hey, before we move on or go down that rabbit hole, um, I just got to say to your podcasting, uh, audience, Dino <laughs> is a natural athlete. You know, when I think about this guy and his determination, uh, and how he doesn't even, he didn't even flinch. He just went in there and he's just a natural. But my vision of Dino wearing his camera helmet in the tunnel <laughs> and flying out of the wind stream, okay, head first, as fast <laughs> as he could in a wing, you know, camera suit, and then doing a gainer off the wall back into a wind stream that didn't have a wall on the other side <laughs> and nail it. I remember like, that. Like, I just think about how bold you were and how you would just throw these things, and it was just like right on. And then for us to both be able to navigate uh, a 12 foot wind stream without walls that you could fall off anytime, me on my board and you <laughs> flying a camera helmet. I yeah. mean, that was pretty cool times. So it was really, it was just as much fun if not more fun in the tunnels it was being in free fall with you oh it was so much fun i mean i remember getting u- very used to and comfortable with flying in the tunnel in a wingsuit with my feet out of the air like my feet are just in nothing there's no lift at all to my feet and i knew if i backed up six inches more i'm out of the airstream i'm gonna fall well but- see what most people don't realize is that yeah we might not have had actual skydives but we got to go in the wind tunnel so we could spend hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, at a time. Well, and this was back when they would let us fly ridiculous amounts. I mean, yeah. how many staff flights did we have that yeah. were an hour long at least? I don't know. I didn't take advantage of them. Oh my <laughs> God. We just turn on the air and go leave both doors open and just dive into the air. You guys were too crazy for me. We'd fly until somebody puked. Yeah. Well, all right. So you'll remember this. And this was one of the really cool things about that wind tunnel 
and, and how I think it got undersold and the skill of flying that tunnel. And I've often said it, I'm like, it, modern day um, tunnel flying is very much body flying, but yeah. there it was body and suit flying. Mm-hmm. You had to oh. know how to fly those suits. Yeah. So you'll remember this. Um, the Flyboys yeah. showed up at the wind tunnel. Yeah. Now, you and I had, had by then been watching them on the Chronicles videos, and, and it's weird to use the word hero talking about somebody that's younger than you, but they were heroes. Yeah. They were. I mean, uh-huh. Fritz and Eli and Mike, they were fucking heroes. They yeah. were gods in the sky. And next thing you know, they're in our wind tunnel. Yeah. Because fuck them, this is our tunnel. And they sucked. Yeah. They were falling out of the wind stream and bouncing off the yeah. walls. And so you and I got to school the Flyboys right. in the tunnel. Yep. which was the most amazing thing ever. Yep. They, yeah, and they we, loved us. Yeah, and then we went down to Paris Valley, and yeah. you and I got to do a couple of jumps with the Flyboys, all three of them in the air. Um, so it's you and me, Mike, Fritz, and Eli, and we land from the first ever time we did a jump with them, and they're laughing at us, and yeah. we don't know why they're laughing. And I think it was Eli that said, we can tell you come from the tunnel, right? because you guys, no matter head down or head up, you guys fall straight fucking down. Right. You don't move <laughs> Oh. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't. We didn't know how to track on our heads because fuck you, the air stops 12 feet away. Exactly. <laughs> you can't, no, you can't keep flying that direction. No. Yeah. I re- I'll never forget that is having the flyboys in our tunnel and watching them just flail and kick and oh, it was so well, great. I, you know what? I mean, I could go down the list of the cool people I've met those years, like Bill Booth. Oh, yeah. And him braiding his beard. Braiding his beard to get in the tunnel. Yeah. And yep. then when we got out, he goes, I owe you beer for my first two way tunnel flight. Right. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, I just I remember the guy pack like a pro dude. Uh, yep, he came. He shows up. Everybody showed up because basically what happened was that when the tunnel was originally built, it was only open for a few years before they built the first uh, franchise, which was right. in at Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Right, and uh, and then Vegas closed. Yep. So um, all that to say, years go by, that tunnel in Tennessee had remained open all those years, and mm. then. All he had to do is drop an engine in in the Vegas silo because they never tore down the building. Right. And uh, next thing you know, the tunnel's coming back, you know. And it was just by chance somebody said, well, you know, that tunnel's coming back. It's opening back up. We had so many people come through Um, there. Billy Weber. Billy Weber was the pack like the pro guy. Nice. uh, And he taught us how to pack upstairs. (laughs) Dan Osmond, uh, the superstar rock climber, uh, got Uh, to fly him in the tunnel. Everybody went to the Vegas tunnel for a while. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was it was a great way to learn. I mean, I I graduated AFF in five jumps because of that tunnel. Because, or less. Yeah, because by the time I got to my AFF, yeah. I had flown for hours in the tunnel. Well, it was AFP single jump master, yep. and I remember my one tandem they made me do. I was doing freestyle tees, spinning the tandem. <laughs> As a passenger, yeah. Yeah, well, you were still working in the tunnel when um, uh, myself and Kevin Love took Ray Kubiak on his first jump. And he did the same thing. He was doing style tees and shit in, in free fall. And, and, of course, as uh, anybody that's heard Ray's podcast or, or uh, um, knows Ray, went on to become probably the, one of the greatest tunnel flyers. You know that planet. I got to spend last January with him. Did in, you? Um, in Virginia Beach. I got to judge uh, free Solomon judge now. Really? Yeah. And uh, so Nationals at the tunnel, Virginia Beach Tunnel, which is his tunnel. Right. And it was funny. He and I were talking about it. But see, because I have to tell you something. I have a vivid memory of a lot of different things. And you know what I remember about that? What? Him being a booty flyer. He had the worst arch. Oh, he yeah. He stuck his ass up. He, yeah. 
Yeah. He'd go headfirst into the wall how many times? I told yeah. him that on the podcast. I'm like, you were the worst fucking student I ever had because you're six foot three and yeah. skinny and you had shit body position. Yeah. And who knew that he would end up, and he laughs, and it was so true. He had the shittiest body position. Oh, yeah. But he's such. He a, wasn't a natural. A, no, no, not at all. But holy shit, did he, he went next level. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's arguably one of the greatest and honestly one of the most influential ton of flyers he's on the amazing planet. Yeah. who knew yeah that stoner chit the stoner dude was right your, oh god that we were the old school then right we're, yeah old, f- not old school i just og i'm fuck. gonna go back to the og fuck did that happen <laughs> we were the I, original ogs i would i remember well because i that's when i was transitioning from working in the tunnel to going to boulder city but i was still stripping in the club and i yep. would have to come to the wind tunnel after having been in the strip club until 4 a.m and i had to be there for first class in the morning in the tunnel bleary-eyed and okay fucking so that explains all of it yeah because oh. i didn't really realize what you were doing <laughs> coming yeah. to work i'm looking at you and i'm like are we really working together or yeah. am i just doing all the work no wiped out <laughs> and luckily fucking we didn't exhausted because yeah. i was yeah because i was still stripping full-time then. yeah no i don't think i realized that I, oh, yeah. I just remember you and red bull yep oh yeah and me being worried that you were like lots of lots of red bull and exhausted take yourself out yeah. yeah yeah well and then um shortly after that i got fucking fired for, what was you get fired for? I don't even remember. I have, I still to this day I was never given a good reason. Yeah. 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 Well, not by Gary though. Yeah. Well, no, no. Gary didn't have the balls to do it himself. Gary made poor Keith, the brand new that, guy. It was Keith. Keith was the brand new manager, and uh, he was told to to let me go. And yeah. oh, well, well, you know, he let me go. Did he? Keith, let me go. Well, you know what the thing was? I think part of it was because we were OG, we were getting paid a lot more money. Yeah. Uh, so we were actually making a decent wage. Oh, yeah. They put a, they posted a schedule, and then so I said I was off. So I went jumping. I had my board and went jumping. Next thing I knew, I get a call at the drop zone because we didn't have cell phones. Mm. And they said, tell Mary that uh, she should probably stop by the tunnel. She was supposed to be in today. No show, no call, no show, no job, he said, that asshole. Ooh. Fuck you, Keith. <laughs> Excuse my Italian, but I'm still oh, pissed off about that. Let it go. That. Let yeah. it go. Yeah. This is a no-holds-barred podcast. Yeah, that's all right. I, I'm pretty honest with my feelings anyway. Yeah, well, you, what? You, you and I are both so... He was so, a prick. You, Sorry, you, that guy, didn't. I didn't deserve that for you, nothing. You and I are both so quiet, reserved, and good at holding back. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons we made such a good team because we're both fucking loudmouth Italians. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, at any rate, I ended up uh, um, leaving Vegas eventually and heading to uh, uh, Cross Keys, even though I had parted way with the tunnel. I was so jealous. You know, see how that works? How sometimes. If it wasn't for that, maybe you would never went, right? Oh, no. It should have been you that way. You went off. Sam went off. Everybody, like, the whole thing just changed. The whole well, dynamics. The next thing you know, you went off to what was our Shangri-La. We were so lucky. Remember Jason that would fly us out there? Yep. So oh, yeah. We were so lucky that we had a buddy of ours, um, that uh, a guy by the name of Jason, that was building his hours because he wanted to become a professional pilot. So he was flying this 206 around that I think he owned with his dad. Uh, and he flew us down to Paris quite a few times um so we had a plane that would fly us from vegas to paris valley so that we could go jump for the day and train oh fuck that was ridiculous well so uh the question is or the or one last one thing pia go ahead yeah no please pia pia uh which is parachute industry they had a dzo conference yeah in vegas (laughs) i remember that yep and once again you know we didn't never knew who we were going to end up in our classes. And next right. thing I know, I'm staring at 
10 DZOs in front of me that are all going to try out the wind tunnel. I'm going to be their instructor. Yeah. And uh, Ben and, and Pat Knatzer yeah. were my students. They were part of that group. And by the way, you know, not all DZO, uh, DZO uh, drop zone owners know how to skydive. They sucked. No, but I didn't. I thought they. I just assumed. No, you, don't. You don't have to be nice. They fucking sucked. Oh my gosh. It was bedlam. I remember oh, watching. Work. I remember watching that from the fucking windows, thinking <laughs> these guys are, these guys own drop zones. Holy fuck. You and me both. But anyway, they still had a good time. And Ben and Pat said, "Hey, you know, if we ever build a wind tunnel, we want you to come work for us." <laughs> and I'm, of course, I appreciated that. Sure. Little did I ever think that they'd actually do it. Well, come on. Let alone a next generation tunnel, 10 times better. You know, another part about that was the reason that new tunnel opened and new design right. in Florida. No. You don't know? No. Bill Kitchen. Yeah. And I'll remind you, and you're going to go, oh, yeah. So, Bill Kitchen, amazing man who had this really cool ride called the Sky Screamer. He was building at. Uh, Vegas was became the family. They were trying to do the family thing instead of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And they built a theme park. Right. Somebody came up with a great idea of MGM theme park. And here's this big skyscraper, which is like this thing that they wrench you up. And yeah, the you swing. pull the cable and you swing. Well, that was Bill Kitchen's design. He right. went all over the world building those. While they were building it, they brought their whole crew to fly it, the tunnel. So I don't know if you were gone. Maybe you were gone. I may have been gone because, yeah, I don't remember this. Oh, yeah. So that's how. So I I ended up being his instructor. (laughs) And he got inspired because our tunnel, he couldn't wear his regular jumpsuit. Right. He had to wear a big baggy vented suit to get lift. And next thing you know, what came out of that was that guy got inspired to re-engineer the wind tunnel Jesus design how and the rest is, is history anyway yeah. so go on yeah no i mean it's bizarre how how yeah. it all ties in i mean you and i came Full up circle. in the sport in such a perfect fucking I know. time I know. so many things were popping off yeah it was all supposed to happen yeah between yeah. the wind tunnel and sky surfing and wingsuiting and, and new canopies coming out all at the same time i mean we came out as it was swooping was just becoming a thing I mean, it was cool paris was the place for that oh too, yeah. yeah we Swoop were comp, yeah. we were going down for fucking mecca and we had such cool people I yeah. mean, um, Vegas in the house. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember spending quite a few nights in uh, uh, Jerry's trailer. Oh, in, gosh. In Jerry the fucking, Fox. in the ghetto. And uh, yeah, and getting stoned in Jerry's trailer in the ghetto yeah. watching the very first ever episode of South Park <laughs> before we'd pass out oh, and then no. wake up and the next you're morning. you're laughing your asses off. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. what? No way can this be real. Oh, like, yeah. like are cartoons that would say that oh, or do that. It was so good when, yeah, <laughs> when you've got Santa Claus calling Jesus Christ a fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come on. How much fun does it get? Classic. Well, so that was our Mecca. That's where you and I went to, right. to, to train. And that was, I remember being terrified and really intimidated at Paris Valley mm-hmm. because it was so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I Twin went down Otter, there. Yeah. My very first trip down there, we went down with a group of people. And uh, uh, one of the instructors from Vegas, I had my first ever malfunction yeah. on a rig that he had packed. Uh, and uh, But the trip before that, I had broken my leg on his rig yeah because he's like oh you can fly my little well that's it small, he's, he's all, yeah, fast you, canopy. you can borrow my rig it's really i'm like what's in it he's like, don't worry it's docile oh well my gosh. i had what 30 jumps and he gave me a turbo z165 which was uh, a hybrid uh, ZP F-111 canopy that flew faster with the brakes set than anything I'd ever flown full flight. And uh, I panic flared and snapped my leg. Yeah, and that's then crazy. being the true idiot that I was, got on the next load. 
Did you really? I jumped again. I do. I was there that day. Yeah, with my leg swelling up until I couldn't bend it anymore, and I still exited the airplane going, well, fuck, I better nail this landing, which I did. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Yeah, trial by fire. No kidding. So, yeah, I was was really – I was – Paris made me nervous for a long time. I, know, was, I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, it was very intimidating to go down to Paris and jump. And I finally got comfortable with the bigger drop zone and with the Twin Otters and stuff. But you loved that place. They had amazing parties. Yeah. See, I never experienced any of the Paris parties. You know, I did my first naked jump there. Uh, I, it's still my only naked jump there. I've really. Yeah, on a skyboard. Nice. Visualize that one. Could that be the uh, the first and only ever fully nude uh, sky surf? Well, there's only one thing. I actually wasn't nude. That's right. You were wearing that Halloween costume <laughs> with the big fucking 10-inch cock on, on it. <laughs> okay. It was more realistic than that. but it, that, No. Yes, it was because I formed that thing out of a nylon. Yeah, no. It, was a, it, was a, <laughs> it had a massive hog on it. <laughs> well, okay. So all that to say, I won the Halloween costume. Of course. Contest and uh, they never did publish any of those images. But, but oh, man, I was, I'll never forget the... Uh, Sitting on the Flyboys, Mike Mike Ortiz's lap in that jumpsuit, and I I told Dan Cook to go hey and make an announcement. Mary's making her first naked skydive. You know the whole thing. You got to be naked. Right. People like to do naked jumps. Well, nobody looks good at 120. Nothing. Remember? Yeah. Remember in, in the tunnel in Vegas, we we used to let the guys, of course, would let. The, the stripper stripper chicks and the porn stars every year they'd come they, through that's right yeah. they, they could fly in the tunnel for free or skydive yeah they as went long topless as it was naked and none of them looked good no. at 120 no but anyway fast forward you were where what, we went down another rabbit hole <laughs> it's all right <laughs> It's all about the rabbit holes. It's, right. It's good. I'm in. Well, now, so you end up down in, in Paris Valley with, you know, the creme de la creme. And you you and I went different directions as, yeah. as far as our jumping goes. You took off the board and started coaching and doing the tunnel stuff and doing a lot of belly stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and I obviously was chucking drogues and shooting video forever. Yeah. Uh, but you started doing big ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, what are the big ways you've got under your belt now? Um, I have, like, Four world records. Nice. Actually, it might be even five right now. I just, you know, the truth is when you say a world record, you know, it's one thing to do the world's largest, which currently is 181 women. Um, and we raised a million dollars for breast cancer Fucking research. So cool. jump for the cause. Um, the best part about jump for the cause is uh, I helped inspire a documentary mm. about it called Pink Skies, the movie. Nice. And that movie ended up winning a worldwide film festival acclaim. Um, it was our 10-year anniversary last year, so um, another inspiration was building a pink ribbon in uh, honor of that 10-year anniversary sure. since we weren't going to do uh, go any bigger. But yeah, 181 women, 31 countries it took because women were only 20% of the sport of skydiving. Sure. So 181 women, 31 countries, and a million dollars. It's a pretty good Damn right. amount of money for only 200 women. You know? Damn right. Yeah, so, and then... Uh, We've done a, some other women's records. Um, I did get the opportunity to go to uh, Thailand. That's and, right. You were uh, 2006, on the, the big, big. Yeah, 2006. Um, went to Thailand with four, actually 500 skydivers for the 400 way. Out of C-130s and uh, was sponsored by the the king of Thailand who was... Totally supportive of the skydivers. I mean, I'm going to tell you that something's crazy. 400, and that will probably never ever be beat. Just for logistics alone. 
Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think that's one of the things that I talked to um, a few different people about. I had Dan BC on and, and a few other people. And, and a lot of people had said the same thing, that it's not a matter of being able to build the jump for the skydivers. It's yeah. the lift capacity. Yeah. There's yeah. just logistically, yeah, it's US a fucking nightmare. Yeah, the US will never do that. No, yeah. God, no. No. Absolutely not. Exactly. Absolutely. And then, of course, I mean, the amount of money that goes into putting up 100 jumpers alone on one airplane, right. you know. Let alone, can you imagine, you know, the funny part about this, the, that whole event was watching C-130s fly in formation. Yeah. I mean, what C-130 pilot would ever, in his wildest dreams, think yeah. about flying next to another one? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think it was uh, Craig Gerard I talked about, because he was there for that as well. Yeah. And he was saying, the, that's exactly what he was saying, was <laughs> logistically, it'll, it's it, the chances of it ever happening again are slim to none. Uh, because, I mean... They basically rolled out the red carpet with the military to get that done. I mean, how the fuck? There's nowhere. It was it was the coolest thing. You know what it was? It was like the Olympics mm. of skydiving because each sector, you know, it was a color. There, it was a color event, just like women's record pink sure. jump for the cause was color event, right. which by the way adds to the challenge. So, and you, each sector had their own little like area, and so you had the Russians in one area. <laughs> You know what I mean? You had like, like, <laughs> like, yeah, countries that are really at war, and yeah. ne- they're but they're side by side, skydiving together. Just none of it made none of it made sense. But yeah. every, you know, we speak the same language in the sky sure. in free fall. Yeah, well, that's the big. That's one of the big themes that I've touched on in the podcast before. Is that uh, I've been very lucky to travel the world for the sport, and so have you. And uh, um, countries and politics seem to fade away very very quickly and it all becomes about skydiving not to say that skydivers always get along because skydivers brawl you know i mean there's skydivers that fucking hate each other but it has nothing to do with where they're from what the color of their skin is or their religion they hate them because they got cut off in this or they took their slot or it has nothing to do with that bullshit political stuff and and lines in the sand that mean nothing which is amazing Mm -hmm. the other cool thing about it too is it, we're in such a really a small sport as far as sports worldwide are concerned but fuck do we do cool shit with a lot of money yeah. i mean yeah are you kidding you know what um i think the coolest thing about working at paris over the years is it made me realize there's no size shape gender nationality or occupation no and i could line up and i love this i could line up a room of 80 skydivers and nobody, a non-jumper wise, would believe that not one of those people are, are jumpers. Right. They would never. In the, I mean, listen. On New Year's Day this year, I jumped with an 83 year old man. Yeah, how cool. Pat is that? Moorhead. Okay. Now, here's the best part. On his 80th birthday, he made 80 jumps. <laughs> on his 80th, 80th birthday. On yeah, I I couldn't even do 80 jumps now. No, no, hell no. On his 80th birthday, he does 80 jumps. I was just blown away. And so this New Year's, he decided to jump once. And I think he's slowing down. Sure. And so he did At one. 85. Yeah, he did one for, you know, uh, the day, for New Year's Day. And, uh, but he was just adorable. And I just went, that's cool. Yeah. That's some cool shit. It no, really I've is. I've some amazing people. It's one of the cool. well, I, it's the coolest sport ever yeah. as far as I'm well, concerned. Well, here, I have a theory. Mm. You know, have you ever heard of Ed Cartoli? Mm, no, He Tell wrote me. a book. The book's called The Power of Now. Okay, yeah. Well, when are you the most present? Oh, yeah. It's skydiving. Absolutely. Nothing else matters. Well, that's one of the reasons that I actually hung it up for a while was when I find myself, I found myself in free fall pissed off about something on the ground. And I went, whoa, 
how is my focus anywhere but right here? Maybe it's time to step back and take a break. Wow. Yeah, because it got to that point. But yeah. again, I was a full-time meat haul and drug you know, thrower yeah. that was literally uh, subject to Mother Nature's whims and DZO's whims and stuff yeah. like that. And that gets, that gets really tough to It swallow. does burn out a lot of people and you see it. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just like when someone becomes a packer. I've also sure. noticed that they kind of quit jumping, you know. Well, yeah. The, the, it's work. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It and becomes, that, when they're off, they're, they would like to be off. Yeah. It takes that joy away from Well, and that was the thing, too, is is I would finish, you know, flying for 10, 11 hours. Or when I was still just jumping, I'd be jumping, every, you know, every load all day long. Where the fuck do you think I'm not going to be on my day exactly. off? Exactly. You know, no way in hell That's am I going bad. to the drop zone. Yeah. And it, it took it away for a while. But the, the joy of it now is I got to come back being a fun jumper, not caring right. i don't care if i'm the best because i know i'm not i don't care if i can do all the cool things because i know i can't you know what dino you're actually you're, I, i'm gonna i'm telling you i'm a fan and i know how talented you are at anything that you put your mind to well, I appreciate so like that. i think about you sometimes like with the newer tunnels i mean you have to understand people we learned to fly in a 600 horsepower <laughs> burning ass hot Oh my God! Uh, we were literally standing over a furnace because of the, you know, the friction that was that came from standing above a, a DC three prop. Yep. While it was spinning, and uh, so we went from six hundred horsepower. I work in a tunnel that's twelve hundred and fifty horsepower. The new tunnels, you could step in them and stand up. Yeah. And be flying, standing. Yeah. You know. It's insane. Yeah, it, and it, it's just like, what? It's scary. You know, the evolution of tunnels is so cool. It's pretty wild. Um, yeah, I remember, uh, and I'm sure you'll remember too, we'd be working in the Vegas tunnel in summertime, and it would get so fucking hot that we would run and hop the fence to jump in the pool of the motel <laughs> behind it, literally completely underwater, get out dripping wet in cotton fucking sweatshirts and sweatpants, uh, and then dive back in the tunnel and be dry, dry in 30 seconds flat. Yeah. Well, there's a moment in, you know, everyone has these moments in their life where they think, and I remember being in the middle of summer, hot summer, and the craziest part is, of course, we would wear sweatpants and sweatshirts in there, not because we were told we had to, but we wanted to do a demo. Yeah, we it wanted to all fly. About, it was all about that glory moment, we and we didn't fly. care we were going to die. Yep. And after I got off, like, you know, instructing 10 people and doing my demo, I walk out the hall, everybody say goodbye to people, and then I would literally peel off everything and sit in front of a fan oh, yeah. while my entire body, head to toe, throbbed. Oh, yeah. I was overheating. Well, yeah. it became a, 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 a almost a badge of honor if you could make it through an entire 15-minute class. Right. Because you'd see, you're, you'd get assigned your class, and you'd pray it's going to be a group of maybe two, three people, because that's survivable. Yeah. But if you got five people in your class, mm -hmm. that was 15 fucking minutes that you were literally standing in 140-degree Fahrenheit, yeah. minimum 140 yeah. degrees, yeah. blowing it. It was like flying a hairdryer. We mm -hmm. had to wear fucking gloves because our fingernails would burn. Okay, well, guess what I did? Uh, wait. I went 180 degrees into freezing ass coal <laughs> in a in a non-recirculating tunnel right. at 6 o'clock in the morning with the military. And so I went from burning hot to freezing, freezing cold. cold. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap, who, you know, are you sure you want to fly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you ended up uh, helping guide a lot of the the, the training and, and uh, courses for Paris because you guys were probably the first drop zone that started combining um, tunnel classes mm-hmm. with actual skydiving. You know, um, and I just assumed that was the deal, but it actually wasn't initially. Mm. Uh, there was a fear that asking people to pay a little bit more uh, to include the wind tunnel on the AFF program, and I actually finally convinced uh, the owners, mm. hey, look, let's just add two minutes. Yeah. Two skydives, each minute you fly in the tunnel. So two skydives to the AFF, lay them on the net, get them in the body position and on the second one, try to actually put them in the do, you know, simulated door entrance right. or, or exit, you know, from no wind, uh, out, in, out, you know, and into the wind. And uh, we even started flying with them in the tunnel on that second. So, so yeah, that tunnel, uh, the Paris Tunnel, by the way, first uh, skydiving center <clears throat> to build a wind tunnel right on property. Yeah, it's still only one of two in the world. Sure, on property, and it's perfect for skydiving. Well, you know, it's it's uh, kind of funny because training. Uh, the tunnel did for me what I think it probably does for a lot of people that are transitioning towards skydiving the instant i'm in the body position and i can feel it okay this is what i want and i can feel all right why am i going towards the wall and and rob ogle was great he he taught me you know if you think you're going to hit the wall put your arms out to brace yourself because guess what happens the wind pushes you back into the okay now you're backsliding well stick your legs out like you're trying to push off the wall you'll push back in yeah and so that came very very quickly it takes very little time for anybody that's got even just a little bit of body awareness Uh to realize this is how i kind of stay in the middle it's very difficult to fly in a wind tunnel. Yeah. It's very difficult to fly in a wind tunnel and stay stable. But if you can stay even remotely stable in that wind tunnel and not fall out of the air in the Vegas column, then a skydive right. is easy by comparison. Yeah. The only difference is skydive has slightly stiffer consequences if you fuck everything up. Well, I always tell people it doesn't make up for altitude awareness or canopy control. No, of course There's, not. And every tunnel instructor I've ever trained that wasn't a skydiver, when I went to take them on their first AFF, out the door going down the slide i've already got my fingers straight telling yeah. them to get their legs out because honestly i noticed it in my own student video my legs were like on my ass of course and i was like why is that i, I didn't really backslide too much but nonetheless it's better for you to be in free fall with your legs extended so i uh, i just expect it i think it's because we just got used to having walls for reference sure and in free fall, there's no reference except for your instructor. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it, it all becomes just, again, that body awareness and feeling, okay, this feels even. It, yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah. still. It, you know, it took them mm, three, four years before they'd let me fly my board in that tunnel. Mm. Mind you, same diameter wind sure. as Vegas, but this one had walls. Yeah. And they didn't want their walls to get scratched up, you know. And, and the truth is. I only ever did stay upright, and I never did try to do any barrel rolls or sure. back. Well, that was one of the anything. one of the more forgiving things about Vegas is it was such mushy air. Yeah. You you felt comfortable trying to throw those tricks, yeah. and you had big puffy blue pads. You right. know, I mean, I would go Still tracking. Still, a good tunnel for turning oh, yeah. people sky surf. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I tried I, convincing them they just won't go for it. But uh, anyway. Oh well. Yeah. Well, I think that's more of a tourist attraction at this point, anyway. Yeah. You know, it's it's the it's the um, the fun house version of of tunnel flying by comparison. Yeah. Well, now here's something, that, and I'm sure you, you've you seen it, but uh, you and I had talked about it ages ago, and a number of people in Vegas had talked about how cool it would have been um, yeah. in Vegas. I know what you're going to say. Oh, of course you do. Uh, with all the Cirque du Soleil shows yeah. in Las Vegas, um, if you haven't ever been to Vegas, the best show in town is, if it's a Cirque show, it's going to be the best show in town. There's like five 
fucking Cirque du Soleil shows there. But we had multiple conversations of how amazing it would be to have a tunnel on stage and be able to do these things for a Cirque show. It was just noise level prohibited. And now... I remember maybe a year ago mm-hmm. seeing the Peter Pan video of somebody actually fucking doing it on stage and was trying to decide whether or not I should throw my computer off my balcony in rage or <laughs> just be amazed that somebody had actually done it. Well, um, yeah, they think they're the first. Not but- a chance. Motherfuckers, you are <laughs> so not the first. Trust I me. I know. I know. It's funny. Um but not surprising. And it's hard. It's hard to be here going, yeah, we, we right. actually had right. that already. And, and I thought of the iPhone before Steve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? exactly. Oh, but it's time. Yeah. In fact, I just recently um, was shown a video of, of uh, two freestylists in tandem or next, you know, uh, synchron- like synchronized swimming. Right. But in the new 32-foot tunnel. Yeah. Holy shit. And I was just like, yep, there it is. You know, and I knew, I knew that was where it was going to go in the future. But I guess I had some things up my sleeve that sure. I think can happen still. I, I remember joking around years ago saying that eventually it's just going to be a big wind tunnel. You'll hop in the wind tunnel and you'll fly up to altitude, track out of the wind tunnel, <laughs> free fall, and then track back into the yeah. tunnel. They'll turn the power back up and it's just this big recirculating tunnel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. But no, <laughs> no, um, you're right. Uh, the thing is, is that. As cool as skydiving is and as cool as body flight is in the tunnel, everything's better with music. Sure. Everything's better as like as a show. And Cirque du Soleil, or Cirque du Soleil was approached. Oh, yeah. And um, because they were building, bringing it right out to the streets, and we're like, yeah, you could do a wind tunnel. But the truth is it was ahead of its time. Sure. The, the concept. And don't think they haven't still had that in the back of their mind and it could still happen sure well and i want to perform there hello anybody in the world is served to solely i want to just fly out on my board in fact here's what i've always seen two boards just so Mm. you know one in black surfer right and one in white see i mean the battle on the boards i so want to do that it would be ridiculous i mean i remember watching right music Oh, of course. Absolutely. Well, Real dramatic. That's uh, the coolest thing. And I mean, what, one of the funnest things about working in Flyaway as long as we did was um, flying our little demo flights that yeah. the staff would get to do and seeing yep. the amazed looks of the faces of people yeah. in the gallery. It's all about that. It was always so cool. And yeah. we ended up almost taking it for granted how fucking cool uh, human body flight that's is right. and that's to right. watch someone that's really good. Now, um, it's, it's funny for me now being an old dog in the tunnel watching the kids that are flying now and how they're flying yep. in the tunnel mm-hmm. and I'm not upset that they're that fucking good. I'm in awe. I, know. I mean, I am blown away at yep. what they do and I sit and I watch them. It's not even like I'm watching them going, God, I wish I could do that. It's me watching them going, I'm so happy somebody's doing that. I know that. You know what, Dino? You're right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And these little, I mean, that's what's cool about being a judge Yeah, is that, uh, yeah, no shit. The jaw drop moment happened for me when I got to judge uh, Dynamic. Mm. And Dynamic was brand new. And this was a 2014 Challenge Cup in um, uh, Bedford, England. Okay. And uh, I literally, these kids that were flying were on their heads. I just, I just was like, oh my gosh, it's arrived. Yeah. It's here. And that was 2014. 
Well, see, that's the funny thing is you and I and, and Sammy Popov and that whole crew that were in Vegas when we were, those are the things that we were dreaming about. I yeah. mean, that's the reason that Sammy came up with the harness and, and yeah. uh, an acrobatic ring. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, the wind in Las Vegas was so mushy that you could not fly head down. The best you could do was almost an L-shaped carve. Yeah. Um, and we all got pretty good at that, but that was as close as head down as you could get. So he got one of these acrobatic rings that the acrobats would train in and literally had um, webbing cables running from the walls of the tunnel so that you were on your head but you were being at least 50% supported by this harness system and using the air to fly around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that was, we were daydreaming oh, with that. But I, we that, thing the made me, that thing made me so sick. Oh yeah. Because what, it's when in free fall when you're doing a helicopter and you're spinning so fast, the truth is there's no reference. Right. So, it, so it's, you don't even feel it. Right. But when you're inside a building, and, and if you wall. don't, if you open your eyes and you're spinning, and it's right. like an Orbitron, man, it's like, oh, it's so, so do you horrible. remember the the tunnel flight that uh, you and I did that is responsible for two major surgeries I've had? <laughs> no, uh, sorry. The okay. one and only time we did, um, uh, um, that's a bummer. What, uh, the the death spin, the yeah. We, so you lay down. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We lay down on our backs, uh, heads on the opposite side. Oh, my gosh. You grabbed my left leg. I grabbed your uh, left leg. And it's and one, two. Yeah, the fan turns on to full speed, and you're both kind of balled up a little bit. And then you go flat, and we each stuck out our right arm and spun like a helicopter and did this death spin and hung on as long as we possibly could. And, of course, when you let go, centrifugal force wins, right. and we both funk to yeah. the wall on the right. opposite side, and I took it on the shoulder. I've had two fucking surgeries. Oh, from, no. From yeah, the, you're right. From the shredded shoulder. Well, I have to tell you, I've not done that one in the 12-foot tunnel, but, you know, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to keep... I'd rather do it in that. 30-something foot tunnel, so no. you got time to stop. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think people do that one. I don't think I don't so. See no. Yeah, the, no. it was the, the whatever spin of death, and yeah, I definitely got bit by oh, that one. Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. Have you had any injuries in Skydive? Um, so where's the wood? I hate making statements. Wood. Yeah, there okay. you go. There's some wood. So the truth is I have been really fortunate, really fortunate, and uh, yeah, I know my body's intact for this. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I got yeah. mine out of the way early because I busted my leg at what twenty seven oh jumps. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And then uh, um, the I think the only other break I've had was I busted my tailbone when I had thousands of jumps. Mm. Um, but Doing I was, tandems or no? No, no. I, I I had taken like five months off of jumping, and I was signing my buddy off to fly jumpers in the one eighty two. And uh, uh, when I was signing him off, I jumped out, and I hadn't been on my sport canopy in ages, and uh, was on a Velo ninety six, oh, okay. and hooked it like I'd been on it the day before. Oh my gosh! Stayed on the rears too long, stalled it out, and landed on my ass. Oh no! Yeah, high speed and broke my tailbone. Yeah. Yeah, no, so thank you. That was that was when I ended up in the hospital, and the first question the doctor asked when she found out it was a skydiving accident was, "Oh my God, did your parachute not open?" And I went, "Have you got to be my doctor, or can I have one that is a fucking brain?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that, this I, is I, all that happened. I, yeah. yeah, I hit the ground without a parachute from thirteen thousand feet, and I just broke my tailbone. <laughs> you fucking moron. Yeah. Anyway. So as as we move forward in the sport and, and we move forward in tunnel and all that stuff, what do you see coming? What's the big thing coming next? Um, yeah, so innovation mm. is still available. I also see, uh, which is really already happening, but, you know, just like I, I know for a fact that body flight will end up in the Olympics. Yeah. Oh, it's going it's to. It's kind of behind. It's already been approached. They've 
you know, kind of turn it down. But it's just a matter of time. The thing is, of course, is that it's um, having a facility that can be used, which I think maybe now we have that. Sure. Um, and the public be able to see it. So um, music, color, light, sound. Yeah. You know, synchronized flying. Um, you know, dynamics cool, but even dynamic needs to have music sure. and a, um, anything that has music and a routine is going to definitely win the spectators' uh, interest. Mm. And you know, because uh, once again, flying is really cool, but only for a little while unless you have some sort of something else that's well, exciting. So I th- see that. And the other thing is, I see, believe it or not, as I see it, um, I call it the future sport. Mm. All right, people, mark my words. If I can get it done, but there's going to be a new future sport. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I can't really tell you more details. <laughs> all right. But, um, I like mystery. Yeah. yeah. I like mystery. No. I, I agree with you in regard to the music thing and uh, looking back, back in the day, of course, we didn't have little earbuds that you could put in and listen to tunes while you're jumping or flying in the tunnel. Um, but every jump that we ever did, what's the first fucking thing we did with the video? You put music to it, yeah. and and the, depending on the music you chose, it changed the tone of the video. Completely. You know, I mean, you could put something dramatic, and all of a sudden, this video is like, oh my god! Or then you put something funny, and now it's very entertaining and light. Mm-hmm. It was amazing how music, just a song, could change the way a video looked. Yeah, uh, in such dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I figured that out very quickly when I started editing every video for Skydive Las Vegas when I was shooting video there because I made extra five bucks a jump right um you know so i'd spend the two hours after the day was done jumping editing nothing but videos and i realized quite quickly depending on what song i put on the video was so much fucking cooler yeah if you had a really badass song for it right so i i 100 agree with you especially with stuff like the tunnel being able to choreograph the music is ridiculous well you see it with lighting too oh i bet yeah I it's bet. a show so I had, um, I actually, I don't know if you know this, but I put on mm, two or three tunnel shows mm. at Paris. Wow. You know, and I kind of like knew that I had a captive audience when we do bit 100 ways and we had over 100 people in sure. the house. Yeah, they're going to go. I'd invite them to come up. And in fact, we did a, I did one was our spooktacular and it was, uh, it's still if you went to YouTube and typed <sighs> in Paris spooktacular. But I flew my board in the tunnel wearing a, um, you know, skeleton costume, nice. for example, nice. and um, and then so I had probably about eight different uh, little acts, right? And I did four, like I got a four way group to come right. and show off, and and the free flyers to show off, and we did pylon flying, you know, where we, we sure. had two guys standing there, and, sure, and uh, whatever fly ball, I brought the five fly ball in, you know, so take all that and add LEDs to them. Oh, and nice, that's being done, yeah. It's sure. already, it's now being done, but they think they're the first. Well, of course. Hey, guys, I have to tell you, not the first. <laughs> but it's cool, and I'm loving it. I'm well, just telling you, not the you first. You always had a flair for production <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, uh, we were talking earlier this evening about the fact that you threw a baby shower for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How my ex hated you for that. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry, she won't listen to this. That's I don't a, care if she does anyway. <laughs> right, right. Bailey, yeah. we celebrated Bailey. Yep, yep. And, uh, yep. You, first uh, guy shower I ever gave, that's for right? sure. Right, yeah, all but it was guys so cool. And me. Yeah, yeah, it was so cool. I remember that vividly. Yeah, so you always had a, a flair for doing stuff like that, for uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. So uh, as as things wrap up, I always ask all my guests the same thing. Um, 
you're talking to somebody that's just thinking about or just getting into the sport. Yeah. Or you're talking about somebody that doesn't know if it's time to hang it up or not. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you have to give to either of those groups? Wow. Either, yeah. um, I would say, you know, if it's a newbie, I would just say that um, there's nothing better than the feeling of flying your body. And that's indoor or outdoor. It's body flight, and body flight is a very unique thing. If you just think about it, airplanes, fixed wings, or whatever, they have one direction, and we can fly every axis of our body. And then you can change the orientation. You know, the body follows the head. So mm. um, there's nothing like that feeling of weightless, zero-gravity body flight. Mm. Yeah. Nice. And in being in the moment, remember what I said? There's, you know, Ed Cartoli was talking about the power of now. Well, it's because when you're in the moment, you have the most peace. Sure. Sure. Now, what about the people that are, are, are fighting Getting burnout out. like I did? Um, you know what? I think it's okay to take time off. Um, I do think that what's great about a wind tunnel is that you don't have to jump out of an airplane. You can mm. feel body flight once again. Sure. So it's a great alternative, you know. Um, and I love seeing people come back. Sure. Um, and the reasons are legitimate as to why they quit. But what I've seen with the new resurrected skydivers is, guess what? That demographic, which is usually people that are, I don't know, say 40, 50 years old, they're either uh, just got divorced um, <laughs> or they're retiring. Right. They have time and they have money and they forgot what they didn't know or what they what it was about skydiving that brought them back or, sure. that, you know, gave them that excitement. And uh, all of a sudden they find themselves back in a community. Sure. And you know what? They're living. You Well, you were just telling me uh, yeah. about this, this SRA. new group. SRA. SRA. So, yeah, you've got Pops, yeah. which luckily nobody's ever done for me. Um, <laughs> we'll both be still staring at uh, SOS here not too far down <laughs> yeah. in the future. Yeah. Um, but SRA, what is so SRA? So SRA is Skydiver Resurrection Award. Okay. Basically, there's a group of skydivers that, that there's a Facebook page, um, and I actually have been talking about profiling some of these SRAs in uh, maybe parachutists. Sure. Uh, but anyway, all that to say, they are. If you've been out of the sport for ten years, uh, is basically the amount of years that they require. You are eligible to come back and you get an award, and, and basically they calculate it based on the day that you stopped, the date and the date that you come back. And then they take those numbers and that is your number, your new membership number or award number. So it's cool and they have a cool patch and this it's a um, phoenix. Nice. They they took a phoenix and they put Rises a rig from on the ashes, and yeah. they put a rig on his back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, isn't that cool? And so and I these people though, I have to tell you, they're kids in a candy store. They come back to life. They literally come back to life. Sure. And uh, and it's just so cool. To well, see now that. you just and the reason that I asked is you just finished up a pretty spectacular trip with an SRA award recipient. Yeah, where'd you guys go? Yeah, Dylan Smith just came back in the sport, and uh, no shit, the guy's done like six hundred jumps in like two years back in the sport, and he's hitting everything you could possibly. So the first uh, Rich Grimm does these tsunami boogies which are amazing, and this year was Maldives. Mm. So we literally just got back from the Maldives, uh, and jumping into the amazing, just the view is like nothing you could ever well, yeah, imagine. Well, yeah, you guys are staying in cabins on stilts in this crystal clear, blue-gray water, like a quarter yeah. mile from the fucking runway. Yeah, with honestly, the food, I mean, it's resort. It's yeah. resort off the hook resort. You 
eat and drink it's it's crazy for skydivers are you kidding it's like what nice you're gonna do what and allow skydivers to do what and yeah non-stop party party well as soon as you jump. said you guys had a resort with a fucking all-inclusive open bar for a bunch of skydivers fuck yeah. me <laughs> yeah and a place to go at night you don't have to get in the car yeah but anyway all that to say uh rich Grimm is an amazing man who has uh succeeded in putting on the most amazing boogies and skydiving mm. and some of the most amazing locations. destination skydiving. and yeah. boy do i feel grateful for getting an opportunity thank you dylan smith uh for allowing me to to accompany you to such a beautiful, incredible place. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's it. Now, as as we wrap things up, uh, how do they get a hold of Mary Tortomasi if they want to do coaching with you? They want yeah. to hear about more about ah. sky surfing, all that. Is there social media? Is there a drop yeah. zone? Is there a website? Um, so Mary at Skydive Paris. Cool. You're all welcome to come to Paris. <laughs> it is. Uh, I like to say we are Disneyland to skydivers from all over the world. Mm. And uh, so that's Mary at Scott of Paris, or I can bodyfly nice. at Gmail. Nice. Yep. And uh, I, I love working with people. So, so AFF coaching in the tunnel, yeah. potentially sky surf coaching? You know what? That's actually on the, the horizon and 100% open to it. Fucking rock and roll. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So that's it. I'll tell you what. This is amazing. 12, <laughs> 12 years, I think it's been close to 12 years since we've been face to face. Yeah. And a lot longer than that since we started skydiving together. You know what? I think we look pretty good. Damn right we do. Right? We're fucking. Well, no, I, come on. Yeah. No, for real. I, <laughs> I completely If you would have told me 20 years ago, this is where we'd be and what we'd be doing. Right? Yeah. It's good. Um, I think we both have been very blessed. Oh, no. Lucky yeah. as can possibly yeah. be. I, I can't. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, I couldn't imagine having done it any other way. And right? it's been just no plan. Holy shit. I can't believe this is happening type yeah. of stuff. So here's here's for another uh, 30 years of that yeah. same shit. Hey, I, I have to tell you what you guys, one, one uh, really cool thing that just happened to me. And then I'll end with that. Yeah. Um, skydiving has definitely given me some crazy opportunities. And one of the opportunities I just got is uh, I got the opportunity to be the first female Flying Elvis, and uh, <laughs> it, pa- as part of the Flying Elvi demo team, and we got to do a cool event sponsored by um, uh, the guy who owns the Pro Bass Shops. This guy, talk about a humble man, but anyway, he paid for this whole really cool event for the people, the Bohemian people in um, out there in in uh, the Bahamas. Mm who had went through horrible uh, storms last year, really bad. Sure. So uh, gave him Christmas, basically. Nice. Christmas in paradise, and we got to jump in. And I was wearing that outfit. Epic, yeah. And the truth is it was in honor of a friend who uh, just passed, a long-time uh, Flying Elvis dude, Barney. Yeah. And I was wearing Barney's suit, and it was so it was bittersweet, really. But it was a cool opportunity. That's what skydiving does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Jimmy cool Dolan, uh, one of the current flying Elvis. Yeah, in, in, uh, exactly. Right yeah. there next to my other brother, right? Yeah, absolutely. Johnny yeah. Utah still yeah. flying Elvis. Oh, Utah. I mean, it was surreal. It was like, what? Oh, I, get, I, I get to do what? I was lucky uh, a bunch of years back because you remember when I did, uh, when I was flying for Vegas Extreme, I was jumping for Vegas Extreme and I did the oh, yeah. dating story. Yes. Uh, skydive. Yeah. And, and the, the by the way, um, what fucking network is that? What network? I don't know. I, I forget what network. Uh, Life Unscripted was the fucking catchphrase for it. Fuck you, it's scripted. 
<laughs> they 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 put me with a radio DJ that had a face for radio, um, and uh, uh, put me on a date with her and tried to make it all. They was such bullshit. Oh no, that's funny. Yeah, and okay. basically it was just so I'd go out and make a skydive. But I ended up doing uh, a jump with the Flying Elvi. So I take her on a tandem, Chuck the Drogue, and then the entire Flying Elvi team comes in and builds around. Oh no us. way! Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a memory. Yeah. You know what? Here's the deal, people. Dino and I could go on and on oh, and on. For Sorry, days. I hope we didn't bore you too no, much. No, no, not at all. This was cool. Some funny fucking stories. Really cool. Well, and again, it's been so long. I mean, yep. fucking, we started together. Yeah. I know. I know. That's cool. That's amazing. Oh, Mary, I love you. I love you too. Absolutely. So incredible to get you on the podcast. Uh, uh, Hopefully, uh, next time I have you on, you're going to be able to tell me about this new something that's coming. I want to hear. Yeah. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you so much for uh, uh, for joining on the podcast, Mary. Thank you so much for being here. That was awesome. Thanks. Absolutely amazing. Okay. Take care. Ciao. All right, that's another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void in the Can, brought to you, of course, by the greatest magazine in the known universe. That's Blue Skies Magazine. Head to blueskiesmag.com. If you're a photographer, send them your pictures. They like printing that shit. If you've got a story, put pen to paper. If they'll print the shit that I write, trust me, they'll take your good stories. Hit them up. Also, you're going to want to subscribe to the magazine if you don't. You can get any back issues and you can get all kinds of cool swag from them as well. Blueskiesmag.com. For me, I am the fucking pilot. You'll find me on the fuckingpilot.net, which is where you can get both of the books that I've written. That's the fucking pilot book for Blue Skies Magazine. That's the previously published issues that they put together. And uh, The Accidental Stripper, both of those are available in uh, both print and digital. And if I ever actually get off my ass and do it, The Accidental Stripper is going to be an audiobook as well. Again, this was another edition of Lunatic Fringe. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you next time.